0: This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense, where you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by Financially Fit Business. Go to www.financiallyfit.business to start your journey to financial freedom in less than 10 minutes a month. Thank you for joining us. Here's Here's how we will help your business and you today. What if you could solve the biggest challenges facing your field service team right now? What would that do to your customer experience as well as your bottom line? Your field team is your key to increasing customer loyalty. My guest today, Michael Israel, is head of field service evangelism at Zuper, an organization building technology solutions to help organizations provide exceptional customer service. Michael will give you the tools to solve some of your biggest field challenges. Michael, welcome to Contractor Sense.
1: Well, thank you so much, Ruth. It's my pleasure to be here. You well, know, my
0: I'm glad to have you. So I was really intrigued by your title. I threw yeah. up with the head of field service about evangelism.
1: Well, you'll have to ask the CEO of that question because <laughs> I'm not entirely sure either. But it but it is rather fitting and I do think it makes sense. Uh I have worked in field service my entire working career, which is pretty lengthy. I've been in field service for literally over 50 years. Um, I started uh, working for IBM field engineering division back uh, many, many years ago, started as a night dispatcher and a parts room clerk. Oh my and, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, there, believe me, there was no technology back then to, to manage your parts. Uh, so everything was handled in cards and tub files. Uh, if anyone, if anyone is listening that might remember that, I've but, never seen card. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So anyway, I spent 12 years with IBM in a variety of different roles, including um, at a headquarters location, uh, being responsible for manpower planning and financial planning, and uh, managed a big parts distribution center in uh, Seattle, Washington, as well. Uh-huh. And, and then I moved on to a company that manufactured uh, computer equipment for computer aid desi- computer aided design and manufacturing, and I manage the field service force both uh uh, nationally and internationally and then i also spent several years subsequent to that working for some of the major software companies that have field service software uh and i've also been a field service analyst so i say all that just to kind of underscore that the the term evangelism really is kind of appropriate because this is what i know this is my uh, entire working career and uh, will continue to be my entire working career for the next, uh, hopefully at least few years. So,
0: yeah. So you love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. It's very interesting because anybody that's in the service business also knows that no day is the same. Um, You, you, you (laughs) wake, you wake up in the morning and you don't know what's going to happen today. Uh, you you know, with some limitations, of course, but, uh, service always uh, is full of surprises.
0: Yeah. So Let's, you know, with all of your vast experience in being around for so many years, what do you think the biggest challenges facing the field service industry is right now?
1: Well, there's probably a couple for sure, but the one that we hear the most about and the one that I've heard the most about in the past few years, especially since COVID is uh, staffing, uh, finding good talent, maintaining good talent and, um, making sure that that talent is engaged enough that they will stay with you uh so that is a constant source of of lost sleep I would say for many executives in in the service business especially the field service business
0: yeah I mean I I think the talent thing is so critical I mean it's you know we look at it you know and you're right it, it's not only that in the field but it's also that in the um, in the office too. It's not just in the field.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think yeah. One of the things that uh, I hear uh, from talking to some of the service executives that I speak with is that they're they're trying to raise the visibility of the field service profession, whether it's in the trades or if it's in uh, if it's in IT or whatever. They're trying to raise the the image that. These technicians are really talented, skilled people, and they can demand a very, very good salary, and they can make a very good living, right? especially if they're, if they're very technically competent and experienced. So it's not necessary for someone to think that the only way to get ahead in life is to get a, a four-year college degree or a master's degree. When there are there are technical schools that will teach people skills that can provide them with a good job and a good a good living for the remainder of their life,
0: Yeah, I was talking to a guy last night who is interviewing for a job, and he ended up um, having a four year degree in business. And then he found out he could make a whole lot more money. In the in the service field, and he's he's done very very well with it. You know, north of six figures. And let's just leave it at that. And he said, I never would have made that working for somebody with a finance or a business degree. And it's true, we can do that.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely true that there's there's great careers available in this in the services business, in the field service business, whether it's in the trades as a plumber, as a con- working in construction, or whether or not you're working in IT and installing and maintaining computers and medical equipment. Uh, it's There's a very good career opportunity available for people um, that oftentimes means that you do not have to go into significant debt and spend a significant amount of time pursuing a college degree uh, when you can join as an apprentice, for example, or go through some technical training for some specific trades and become very, very competent more quickly and therefore begin to gain experience more quickly as well which builds your value
0: absolutely so let's let's talk about super for a second sure um talk about how they help implementation you know how do they you know how did the implementation team work with contractors and with you know people who are field service professionals um talk about the technology a little bit
1: sure well you've raised kind of two questions so i'll answer the first one first and that is the implementation side so When we, when we sign up a new customer and even before we sign the customer and they're still a prospect, we do, we try very hard to understand their business requirements, especially the most important thing, the the most important requirements that they have. And then, uh, when we do a demonstration and then we're, when we're implementing the product as well, we will configure the product to match what their business requirements are rather than having them weak their business requirements to match our software. Everything. One of, Yeah, very, very important. It's, it's very configurable and even customizable when needed. Uh, we like to say that Zuper is the most configurable and customizable system available on the market today. So we have a lot of options that customers can set that will drive the workflow that is very specific to their specific processes. So that kind of answers a second question as well, because your second question was what about the platform? Yeah. Well, the, the platform is, as I said, a platform that enables us to sp- set specific configurations, to do specific con- con- customizations as needed, to build custom workflows within the system, to build automatic notifications and alerts within the system. And when I say workflows and alerts, I don't mean the kinds of things that require programming. So right. we can teach the customers, the end users, to build a workflow that will cause step B and step C to happen after step A does, or step D and step E after step F does. For example, I know I've got my I alphabet got backwards. backwards there. No, I've got my no. alphabet backwards there, but uh, you get the point, right? That 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 kind of flexibility and those capabilities are available inherently in the system, and the users can be trained to build those things without having to know coding. So, it, yeah.
0: So, before we take a break, if somebody wants to contact you, how do they do it?
1: Sure. My uh, email address at Zuper is Michael, M I C H A E L dot Israel, I S R A E L, just like the country, at Zuper And I just want to emphasize it's dot CO, not dot com. So, Michael dot Israel at Zuper dot CO. And Zuper D-U-P-E-R. Z U P E R. thank <laughs> you. Thank you. I- Yes, and our CEO likes to explain that "super" means super, 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 right?
0: That's good. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense.
1: Many times, relatives are recruited to do your company's books without knowing how to do the books. Or you hire a bookkeeper who really doesn't know bookkeeping. If this is you, then your books are probably inaccurate. You probably pay more taxes than you should and you rarely look at a P&L and balance sheet because you know they are wrong. What do you do? Have your bookkeeper enroll in Ruth King's Contractor Bookkeeping Basics. After completing this online course, your bookkeeper will know bookkeeping. You'll get accurate financial statements that help you make good business financial decisions. To enroll, click on the link in the show notes or call us at 770-729-0258. Enroll today.
0: Welcome back! Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I am talking with Michael Israel, who is the head of field service evangelism, mm. at Super, and Super means super super.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: So let's look at it. I mean, uh, when we look at inventory, which is usually a four-letter word in our industry, <laughs> um, and it really is because you know inventory is a bet. It costs a lot of money, and it gets damaged. It gets stolen, it, it's lost and it costs money. So how do we deal with that with Zuper?
1: Well, it's that's a very good question because Zuper does in fact have an inventory control capability. So we are able to keep track of parts and assets. We're able to keep track of the purchase cost, the selling price. We are able to keep track of the quantity on hand at various locations. So for example, at warehouse locations and or at vans, uh, technicians' vans or in the trunk of their car, even at even uh, on consignment, for example, at customers. And every time a part is used in the course of delivering service, the inventory value and the in- inventory quantity for that part is uh, decremented from the location from which the part was used. Uh, so we have a ongoing a running total or running... Uh, view of how many parts are available in each location, um, how many parts are being used on each particular service event, and when we reach a reorder point, what parts need to be reordered in order to maintain a a proper stocking level.
0: So how many field personnel hate your inventory program because it makes them track it and they can't steal from it?
1: Well, I suppose they could steal from it. but hopefully you're not employing people that would be inclined to do that. No, but, <laughs>
0: you know, but if you think about it, yeah. you know, then lose it. And, and maybe through no no um, fault of their own, but they damage it or something along those lines. You know when that happens with your system, right?
1: Well, we certainly would know when the, when a part is damaged. Of course, uh, if a part goes missing, the way we would know that is when the customer does an inventory, right? So. If we show, for example, that quantity 10 is supposed to be on, her, uh, on hand in the trunk of my car, just to pick an example, and if we as a company do an annual inventory or a periodic s- cycle count of inventory, mm-hmm. and I count nine, then we know at that point in time that there is one missing, and then it's a matter of trying to reconcile how did that happen so we can go back through all of the previous service orders where parts were used we can go back through all of the previous rec- part receipts to see how many parts were received into my particular location and in the process do it the process of trying to reconcile those events to the actual on-hand balance we can hopefully determine you know what is the cause of the missing piece
0: yeah now, i mean if it, sometimes it's as simple as somebody says replaced motor and then the motor was never taken out or spar billed to the customer exactly yeah, and that happened too
1: yeah, for sure. And then that uh, that motor that was supposed to be used gets stuck back in the van and forgotten. Yep. Right. Exactly. I mean, I when I when I worked for IBM below those many years ago and managed the parts distribution center, uh, it was really funny because when we did our annual inventory at that time, we would be absolutely flooded with parts coming back from the field because the technicians didn't want to count them. Right. So yeah. they they'd send them all back to the distribution center to be counted.
0: Yeah, and they go no, nope, I don't want any of this. You yep. got deal with
1: it. <laughs> but but you're right. You know, parts is an extraordinarily, extraordinarily important part. Pardon the pun, yeah. of uh, of delivering service. Uh, in all of the research that I've done over the years, and I've worked for at least two of the major anal- analyst firms as a field service analyst, parts the the cost of parts and materials consistently comes up as second only to the cost of labor for delivering service. So, from a investment standpoint and asset management standpoint, keeping track of parts is um, accurately and thoroughly is extraordinarily important.
0: Yep, agreed. Final class.
1: <laughs> Where is yours? Well, uh, we just had a survey done uh, by a field service analyst firm, and they kind of surveyed the the state of the field service industry, so to speak, and. What we found was that uh, the number one concern, as we talked about early, is the the lack of talent. Uh, The second most important concern is control of costs and maximizing revenue. And my final thoughts along those lines would be that technology investment like Zuber and other ancillary and supporting technologies will certainly help organizations maximize the productivity of the talent that they do have by managing their time effectively by making sure that they have the right parts available when they need them and by making sure that they are being assigned to those tasks that they have the skills and the time to complete. Um, and in so doing, in tracking all of the activities that go along with servicing parts, uh, or excuse me, servicing products, and using parts in the process of servicing products, we are also keeping track of in Super the full um a gambit of costs. What is the cost of the labor? What's the cost of the travel? What's the cost of the material that's being used? And if the service being delivered is billable on a time and material basis or part of a service contract or a uh, extended maintenance contract, then we're also keeping track of all the revenues that are associated with that service. So we have analytic capabilities that can help companies determine what my profitability is, um, what customers are costing me the most, Uh, what types of equipment are being the most expensive to maintain and perhaps we need to do some evaluation as to the serviceability of that equipment. I guess the bottom line of what I'm saying is that technology like Zuper can help companies not only manage their day-to-day operations but spot trends and help them improve their day-to-day operations. Give us your contact info one more time, please. Sure. Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Michael,
0: thank you so much for being with us.
1: Ruth, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: And thank you to all of you for joining us. Choose one thing you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, Spread the Word, please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770 258 or email King at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.